Hi, this is Jerry Conway, and you're listening to Amazing Spider Talk. Welcome to the Amazing Spider Talk. My name is Dan Gavazdan, and I'm the editor of SuperiorSpiderTalk.com. And I'm Mark Giannacchio, and I'm the editor of the Chasing Amazing blog. Thanks for joining us for the 11th episode of Amazing Spider Talk. We hope you enjoy this podcast and that it provides an intelligent conversation between two fans and collectors as we hope to look at the Spider-Man comic universe in a bit of a bigger picture. You sound very excited there, Dan. I am really excited to be back in action. Oh, my goodness. Well, I guess grad school will do that to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, there's a lot to be excited about because for this episode, we'll be discussing Amazing Spider-Man number 11 by Dan Slott and Olivier Coppel, giving away some prizes, going through some breaking spider news, and we mean breaking like hacking, maybe. <laughs> um, discussing briefly Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number One, and for our retro review, uh, for those keeping up, uh, Amazing Spider-Man Volume Two Number Thirty-Two by J. Michael Straczynski and John Romita Jr. Awesome, Mark. Remember, if you hear this sound, please check out your iOS device for a link to an article, video, or image to enhance your listening experience. And uh, I wanted to issue a thank you out to everybody uh, in the podcasting world there for hanging in there while uh, I was working on my final papers for uh, grad school. I know that we've kind of been, you know, not on a consistent schedule here, but Mark and I are kind of getting back into it now that my papers are over with. And uh, I'm back and ready to podcast again. So um, I guess in that spirit, Mark, let's get right into it. Amazing Spider-Man number 11. Spider-Man number 11, and we get we get what we've been waiting a really long time for. Spider-Man versus Spider-Ock. Did it, did it meet your expectations? Yes and no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, it felt really good to just have him cold cock Otto right in the face. Uh, in, and karate in, kick him. Well, he punched him first. He did punch him first. Right in the face. And there's that wonderful line where he says, I don't care if this gives me a scar. Uh, <laughs> uh, which would be actually a really like interesting touch to add to the character. Um, because one of the things that you and I have been complaining about, and maybe not even physical scars, is that there have not been enough scars from the superior era. Um, I guess physically and, meta- and metaphysically, if you will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I thought that this fight was really fun. It doesn't completely satisfy me in the way that, like, I was hoping to be satisfied because um, this this fight has a resolution. 
and it's a smart resolution. Um, but I think it, uh, well, you know what? Let me hear what you have to say before I add in my next point. Mark, what was your thoughts about, uh, let's just talk about the fight itself. The fight, the fight. Yeah. I mean, you know, it wasn't like that total moment of catharsis that I think we, well, I, I shouldn't say we all were looking for, but some of us were looking for, which is what I think you're kind of hedging a little bit on. Um, but it was, it was a real, I, I it was well done. I thought that the resolution that they came to was a necessary one. I mean, not just for the sake of the plot of Spider-Verse, but I mean, just, just as a whole, I think this is, this is where they needed to end up. Um, and I just, I, I, I really liked it. I, I, I thought, you know, was it worth waiting you know, almost two years for now at this point. No, but but it, it was something. It was good. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, yeah. At least at least we're giving a nod, and I liked how it happened. You know, like in typical Spider-Man versus Doctor Octopus fashion. You know, Spider-Man wins by being, you know, smart, and Doctor Octopus loses from his ego, and that's exactly what happens here. Yeah, Dan, and and what I also liked was this, I thought, really nice character wrinkle with Otto, which was that, you know, the whole time he's he's talking as if um, that this was, this had to be the Peter from from the past, from a past timeline, because he couldn't possibly conceive of there being a future where he loses to Peter and is no longer Spider-Man, and it's just like, because, I mean, I kept saying to myself when, when he just kept referring to him as being in the past, I'm like, w- w- why does he keep doing that? Where is he going with this? And then Peter kind of, like, has the aha moment. Like, oh, of course, Otto, you know, such a maniac that he can't think that he would lose to me. And, and, and you know, I still don't know if that fully justifies the fact that we're – they kind of changed the rules with Otto's character in this story. You know, everyone else is from an alternate – uh, Earth or timeline or whatever, uh, or not timeline, but but he's from a different point in time, and you know that kind of. But you know, at least they pay that off a little bit here, um, and there seems to be a reason to that, and you know, and, and the punchline is good because I'm sure that's going to set up additional drama down the line. Oh, um, it, makes you, it makes you think, like, what is Otto thinking about where he in that current timeline is? Like, why aren't he, there two Ottos? Oh. Well, now, now, now you're getting crazy for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, by that logic, like he should be curious. Why isn't like the alternate, you know, later version of myself kicking around? Um, unless he thinks he's so far back in the timeline that he's like in the past. But then, why doesn't he remember doing this? Yeah. Unless yeah. I guess he erased that memory. Uh, whatever. It's comics. I'm gonna give it a. I'm gonna give it a little bit of a pass. You're not going for a no prize here. No, I mean, I guess I could come up with one, but you know what? My brain is just not like equipped to handle that right now. <laughs> um, and you know, we we refer to the resolution of the fight uh, between Peter and Otto, and 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 what that was essentially was, you know, so you know, Peter punches him in the face, and later gives him a little bit of a karate kick, which I thought, you know, well, I mean, Quipel is just so much on fire throughout this whole, I mean, we keep saying it every episode, but you know, like I just love the, the visual of that kind of like silhouette ninja kick 
that he gets. I mean, it was very kung fu, you know, like kung fu noir. Is that such a thing? I don't know. Uh, I, what I like about the punch and the kick is they both seem very like, um, like there's kind of a nonchalant about them, like an effortlessness yeah. about them. And it's yeah. like, okay, great. Yeah. Like Peter is like assertive, like he has power. Yeah, yeah, and I want to talk about his, his being a serve in a second too. But I mean, the resolution basically being Peter being like, "Look, I mean, like, you're you're a jackass, but you know, I'd be a fool to kick you to the curb. You know, I need I need you, and you know, I think that's just where we need to be right now in this story, right? Yeah, well, I th- I think that's a smart resolution given the way that they're going with this. I, what I was alluding to earlier, my disappointment is I thought that like. And this, you know, I can't really like blame the book for this, but I was kind of hoping that we would get that great catharsis that you and I have been harping on for such a long time. And then I I thought that this book, the way it was going, was looking like it might be a um, battle of ideologies about how to handle um, the Inquisitors and that we would get our resolution by seeing – Peter Parker's ideology triumphing over Otto's and at the resolution of this fight, it looks like very clearly that that's not what the thematic uh, purpose of this story is. And even like Peter Parker's redemption as a powerful character does not necessarily seem to be the thematic arc of what this story is. And to that point, I'm not really sure what the theme of Spider-Verse is other than just kind of like a fun like get everybody together in a crazy multiverse story, which is totally fine by me. I was just kind of hoping for this like maybe grander character assessment, and I don't know that we're going to get that now because um, I just don't see that happening. But well, um, it's still it's still relatively early. Well, it's half time, but yeah, yes. but but that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, we're we're three issues in, but we still have three issues ahead of us. It's true. Look, I don't want to throw it uh, throw it out. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't seem to be going that way. And Peter's like assertion, like his like place as leader, seems very secure um, already. So I'm yeah. waiting to see what the dramatic resolution of this is beyond just defeating the Inquisitors. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's wait and see. But I mean, you know, when you when you think of some of the real true mo- true great character moments from Spider Island, it really was like the last issue or two. That's true. No, I completely agree with you. So um, um, the wait and see game. Just saying that now, so that when I if I do complain about that later, it's not coming out of nowhere. Like I actually, I actually feel the 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 build of this so far, like where we are, three issues in versus three issues of Spider Island. I, I, I'm actually a little, I, I believe it or not, a little more into Spider Verse right now. I I am with you on that. I, I, I feel so that slightly, I'm with you. I feel that it, it, the the scope feels a little more epic here, and we really haven't had an epic Spider Man story in a while. We thought we were going to get one in Goblin Nation, and we didn't get it. Um, so, you know, and, and so I, I just, I, I, I'm so far, I'm, I, I really enjoy the pacing and the plotting of, of, of what Dan Slott's putting together here. I think the um, villains are far more interesting as well. Although I still want to know what their ideology is, like what, what compels these people, but other than just wanting yeah. to hunt, which I guess is yeah. the whole point behind Craven, but even Craven yeah. Craven has an ethos, right? Like 
He's about the grand hunt, you know, proving yourself like better through the hunt. Right, right. But I mean, you know, and we'll talk about this in the latter half of the show. I mean, you know, there's just so much with the the original arc with Moreland that was just about the hunt. You know, it's like, you know, you could say the same thing about that story that seems to be universally loved. It's like, you know, why was this? Why was that the moment where, you know, Ezekiel came forward and Moreland came forward? And you know, you know what I mean? Like, and you know. But whatever, we'll, we'll get to that. I don't later. want to get into that too much, but I do think that Moreland there, his com- compulsion is he needs to feed. Right. Yeah, which is complete, seemingly jettisoned in in this version of the character. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the comic. Back to the comic. Um, I really did like Peter. Peter being so assertive here, you know, kind of like breaking down the flaws in the safe zone, which would obviously come into play a little later. It's good use of foreshadowing there. Um, it just kind of pretty much just pieces out. Yeah. Well, he's got work to do and books to tie into. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there was a nice little back and forth between Peter and spider Gwen. I thought, I mean, just nice to acknowledge that little bit of history, right? Yeah, it's kind of a moment that I was hoping to get in these, um, you know, these uh, ancillary titles. You know, this kind of these more personal interactions, and I, I feel like none of them have really delivered on that um, particularly well. Maybe, maybe the um, the the, the Spider Verse team ups has done the best job of it, but like Scarlet Spider is like not really addressed um, these people's relationships to each other. Yeah, it's a plot-heavy book. Yeah, so I, it was nice to get this a nice character moment here. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's 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 kind of a moment that's begging to get some level of lip service, you know. And you know, you almost have to wonder if not for the success of Spider One, would that moment have even been put in this story? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like. Could that have just been added at the last second, you know, when, when the character took off? Yeah, it's, in, you know, it's interesting. Maybe they were, like, reading their tea leaves a little early and uh, and had an idea about how successful Spider-Gwen might be. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and we have some consistency issues, right? With um, We have, like, a living six-man Spider-Man and, you know, Gwen and, and Anya when they should be with silk and in the, in the, right i mean it seems like like you know the books are they're all these other tie-in issues they're really trying to hammer home go buy this go buy that but then they're not necessarily being consistent with the main title in terms of who's where right yeah i mean say what you will about spider island and it, all of its um like side titles but they all came out at the right time and if you read them in the order it made complete sense and made them kind of essential reading um here, I feel like these are probably about as equal in terms of essential reading, whereas like you know, like Venom was the key book to read alongside Spider Island. Here, Scarlet Spiders seems to be the key book to read alongside this one. But yeah, like you said, like things that have already happened in those books are not being reflected in the main book, and it makes you wonder. Like, I mean, you you and I can both speak to this, especially you, because of all the writing that you do. Um, like I have a team of people to cover that's for me and you're just you, 
But they've, <laughs> they've given us like a week with no books and then a week with six books and then a week with four books. Like why not release some earlier in their appropriate times? It, it kind of makes you think that this thing was um, not planned out totally like – you know, as thoroughly as it could have been. And, um, and that's kind of been confirmed by some of our conversations, like my talk with Tom DeFalco, where he said, yeah, I don't even know what I'm writing about, but they put my name on a book as if I was writing it. Um, right. So you wonder if maybe some of these things are coming in late. I, I, I don't know. Late or just, you know, without writers working without context of what else is going on. I mean, very possible. Yeah, it was just weird. I, I mean, was, was did that? Did you notice that when you're reading through it the first time, or you know, I finally noticed some of these. I, I wasn't thinking so much about the Spider Gwen and Anya thing because, I mean, that that whole first Spider Woman issue was so weird in tone and, and structure that, like, not that that doesn't count, but like, I don't, I didn't know what to make of it. So, like, some of those, like. Details just didn't stick with me, but I definitely noticed like Six Arm Spider Man. I was like, "Wait, didn't he get killed? You know, like like or maybe isn't another one?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, again, kind of. I, I mean, I, it, it was probably just a continuity glitch, but like, you know, the whole thing about could it be another one or some other variation? And this is kind of where, you know, my initial issues with Spider Verse come from. It's like, you know. What 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 are we actually seeing, and what is it? You know, when what are the consequences if something seems to happen to one of these characters? You know, like, but um, so far they've been pretty good about that. I just you know, although you know we had obviously a big a big death in this issue, so we'll see where where that goes. Um, well, speaking speaking of all these tie-in issues, uh, you know, last the last book I think you and I both kind of complained about the sheer number of tie-in time was that was spent in the book on setting up the tie-in issues and i think i was more okay with it than you but actually this issue spends even more time on setting up tie-ins and it really bothered me here um your yeah thoughts? yeah i mean i if, if you couldn't tell yet i actually really like this comic a lot and i think my grade will reflect that but i mean if there if there was one major flaw in it it was kind of that that middle chapter where they were starting to set things up i mean there's kind of like this period in between you know after um the the peter otto fight and you know, we get like a little karn um check in uh, good old Karn, lonely, lonely Karn. <laughs> um, and and then you know, right before it goes to Spider-Man sixty-seven, it's just like you said, it's just kind of this rapid fire of you know, checking here, checking there, checking there, and it, it kind of dragged the narrative down. I mean, I mean, not for nothing. I'm like, I mean, even some of the details and talking about it are a little fuzzy because it just felt it kind of felt like white noise to me in reading it because it's like, okay, I get it. You know? So much of it is information we've already received. Like, yes, we know Karn is out there. Like, when yeah. is he going to do something different? Um, right. We know that um, like, there's a back and forth between Solus and uh, Moreland, and it repeats right. the same character in exposition beats we already know. Like, right. just get to it. Like, stop right. wasting right. time. Um, but, 
one of those tie-ins, because it you know, obviously tied into the main story in Spider-Verse Team-Up, was that Spider-Man 67 bit, which I thought was just amazing and delightful in this issue, right? I thought it was really funny. I wish they had just sent them through a portal and I would have gotten all of that in the in the actual issue, this, the team-up issue. Right. Uh, I mean it was fun to read here, but if I'm being honest, like I was like, okay, I want to get back to like – What's going on with the main cast of this book and especially because like, you know, Miles and and, uh, you know, ultimate Peter Parker from the cartoon show, like they're interesting characters, I guess. But like, what are they being told to do? Just go and recruit more Spider-Man. That's it doesn't feel essential to the main plot. Yeah, I mean, this this. This was thrown in for the fun of it, and, and you know, I almost feel like, um, you know, not that it, that Spider Verse, an entire event, would be built around uh, a cartoon from the '60s, but this the, the sequences like these, I think, is part of the reason why Dan Slott wanted to do every Spider Man ever. You know what I mean? Like this, because this is, you know, getting that version of Spider Man in a comic book was it's just. We just haven't done that, you know what I mean? And I, and I think I, I appreciated the novelty and the fun of that, and didn't mind that it kind of strayed from the main narrative ever so briefly. And I also feel it functioned well as a moment of levity, considering what was about to come afterwards, which oh, okay. was like, which was like a real tonal shift in a really dark direction. So I kind of, you know, it was kind of like that last little moment of like candy coated brightness before you know the 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 you know what hit the fan uh, so um I, I i liked it a lot i really did i thought i i, I and, and you know i thought the jokes were were well pitched and you know and, and i know i'm i'm not in the necessarily in the majority on that in terms of opinions on that sequence i've had a couple people who commented to me either on twitter or on my website or whatever saying that they felt that the 67 stuff just came out of nowhere. And I was like, yeah, but I, I feel in the, in the overall context, it worked. It worked for me. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I didn't dislike it. I, I just felt like a weird, a weird flow kind of thing. And, um, I, I will say though, I did enjoy seeing the ultimate Peter Parker's, like everybody else can see him doing those goofy cutaways mm-hmm. and just his expression. They like the, the artist, whoever did the art for that. I, I don't even know if it was, like Koypel or or who, because um, he's credited with it, but you know it looks identical to the one we get in the to- the team up issue. But um, anyway, they like had him narrow his eyes, like even he was embarrassed of it. And I feel like that was almost a nod to the fans who have like who find that cartoon show so annoying for that reason. <laughs> um, so like I enjoyed that little moment uh, there, but um. I- I enjoyed them commenting on the fact that the Daily Bugle is the only building that has a name, like a, a, a like a logo on it, and that all building the, the buildings in New York are six windows across. Yeah, I thought that was that was the best joke for me too. Um, <laughs> but let's let's uh, stop beating around the bush and get to like the real the, like meat and potatoes here. Yeah, I mean we get we get hit with a couple of big whammies here going to the end here. I mean we have uh, the reveal of Solus. The the kind of I mean, how would you describe Solus as an inherit? Yeah, you know, what is, what is his role with the inheritors? I mean, he seems to be their like you know he's their father. Yeah, uh, and he's been like you know bathed in shadow up to this point, which I yeah, can't really I mean, tell why, but I'm guessing it was for this reveal. Yeah, I mean, absolutely terrifying. 
right? I mean, like, yeah. it's just like, it, it's, it's, it's a moment that I feel echoes and, you know, again, not to spoil our later conversation, but, you know, when you, when, when you, when Moreland confronts Spidey for the first time during the Straczynski Romita issues, it's like that, that same kind of like, as a reader, that jarring, like, Oh my God, Oh my goodness. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, like you, you, this is comics. I mean, there's a lot of impossible, improbable stuff in comics, but you know, it's still interesting when, you know, all these years have, you know, guys like you and I, Dan, who've been reading for years, get that moment where it's still kind of, you know, you got to almost double take a little bit when you're looking at what, what the, what they're up against, you know, like, what is this, you know, what is this thing? What what are they going to do? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, no, it was an impressive reveal. The artwork is wonderful. And, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, when did he get to be this big? And I don't know that we really see him in context of how big he is, but like previously we've only seen him standing around like Moreland, who is already a tall, like huge dude himself. Um, and this guy was bigger than him. And we're like, okay, yeah, he's a little bit taller. This reveal image, he's like the Hulk. I mean, he's just enormous. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah. And the way that the ground just like, you know, quakes underneath his feet is just, you know, it's, it's a fun, impressive image. Definitely. And then, um, you know, we have that cutaway back to, um, the labs where we find out that the, 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 Inheritor clones are being developed by, I guess, alternative versions of Miles um, Warren. Is it Alistair or, or Spencer Smythe? I, I I think they just said Smythe, so I don't know. Okay, I'm gonna guess it's the older one. Yeah, which would which would be Spencer, right? Yeah, I would I would think so. I mean, he doesn't have a history with cloning, but yeah, and but then but then Marla Madison was there too, although you know, aka Marla Jameson. Yeah, and she doesn't have a history of cloning either, but Yeah, yeah. but that's why I, that's why I'm going to say it was Spencer Smythe cuz didn't Ma- didn't Marla and, and Spencer work together? Yeah, they Spider did. Slayers? Yeah, that's how yeah. she was introduced. Yeah, so um just just using logic there. I thought that was cool, although it's also inconsistent with a book that we got this week. Uh, with uh, Scarlet Spiders, where we see right. like, full-grown characters in tubes, and here it seems to be like fetuses that are rapidly developed. Uh, right. So yeah. um, there's that, I guess. Right, but clones and Miles Warren. I mean, you know, Dancelot likes him some clones, doesn't he? He, he <laughs> you know, considering considering how much Marvel has been just trying, you know, has really kind of buried the clone saga. Dan Slott loves to bring it back whenever he can. I mean, there's all both of his really big event comics over you know over the last couple of years have involved Warren in some fashion. You know, you know what though? I actually like really like this about Dan Slott. Um, I mean, we've all we, we've always commented that he's like really good about bringing in like really small details back into the comics and and being really faithful to like Spider-Man's history, but like whenever he does these events, what's wonderful about him is he manages to fit in something from like every decade of Spider-Man into these events. I mean, spider Island was exactly that. Like, I mean, every generation of Spider-Man had a moment in in that, you know, in that, in that book. And here too, I feel, um, I mean, I guess by its very nature that it's bringing together all these different Spider-Men, but yeah, cloning and, 
you know, JMS's run and you know, everything gets fit in here. And it's, it's really nice for that. Yeah, no question. Um, but then, you know, after, so after we get that reveal, cause I mean, again, that was kind of, I don't know. I know there are alternative versions, but it still kind of made me shake my head a little bit when I was like, Oh, so, so we got these people involved. I mean, it's not just like, Oh, I mean, you got to, like I said, you had to figure what clones miles Warren would be somewhere near, but yeah, still, yeah. Kind of, um, but then, the, and then the really got, devastating moment when, uh, and this is the most devastating moment in the comic is when spider monkey dies. Yes. Spider monkey rests in peace. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of bloodshed in that scene, including da, 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 cosmic Spider-Man. And that fight with Solus was just, I mean, that was just devastating, right? Yeah, I, I mean, devastating, but, like, amazing, like, right. really great comic moment. Yeah, I mean, I mean, talk about, like, you know, I always, I think the analogy I always use for moments like that is, you know, Han and Carbonite, you know, like, that just, like, you know, like, oh, like, no. <laughs> wait, you can do that? Like, is that, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those moments you're like, wait, that's, that's something that they can do in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not really ending here, right? There's <laughs> another hour to this movie, right? The comic keeps going, right? No. Cosmic Spider-Man is gone. And, and the Scion, which I think we, we kind of, we kind of were onto this. Is is of course Mayday's brother Benji? Um, I'm going to say you were onto that. I had no idea. I'm going to give you full credit for that. Well, because it, it's it's because Scion is like I think it, the translation is like like bloodline or something like that. So I mean, it was like you know someone who was a child or or, or related somehow. So yeah. Well, you said uh, that last episode, and I had I did not pick up on that. So go you. Well, learn your language. I, I will. I, <laughs> I took Spanish, not not uh, not Latin. Latin. You know I don't speak Latin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, yeah, so fun ending to an issue, right? Like, well, I mean, let's, let's... finally, Morlin is getting to do something, like at least holding that baby incorrectly. <laughs> Like like Michael Jackson in blanket. Yeah, <laughs> he kind of looks like him too. Strange. No, I hope that, that final image was 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 equally like terrifying. Um, with him like shouting, like we have the psyop sky on whatever. Uh, right. Really wonderful moment. Uh, and like, okay, good. Please, you know, I'm done with this. Like, like scaredy cat Moreland. I want him to be the badass that I like like him as right um, i mean really uh, evil badass but yeah who wears you know renaissance clothing don't get me started <laughs> don't do not get me started i i won't get you started or should, should i get you started i don't know I we'll, won't we'll get, get you to that in a moment we'll get to that later <laughs> in the episode um anything else from this issue that uh you really want to talk about that? I do want to say, like, this is a perfect way to shake up this series, and I'm really excited for where it's headed because I – like, once now that the safe zone is gone, I feel like we're going to get a lot more of that multi, multiverse fun to this book. Like, cause mm-hmm. I imagine they're not going to be able to stand up against these guys. It's going to be a chase through the multiverse. Um, 
And yeah. to that matter, I'm a little like bummed out that like Coypel is leaving, you know, the book um, because I want to see him do that. Um, yeah. Art has been so great, but he's been given a lot of like people standing around moments to depict. And I feel like we're done yeah. with that. And now I want to see this guy do the rest of it. But Kyle Coley has also been quite good at like these kind of like trippy images and stuff. So we might, we, we you might be in for a surprise. You yeah, know what no, I mean? I, like, I think I will be. I mean, his um, Superior Spider-Man thirty-two and, or, and thirty-one issues I thought were really great. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm looking forward to it regardless. But Koi Pal, like you know, he's you don't get him really ever. We'll probably never get him again on this book. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, and I want to see him. Well, do some but crazy... but this is but this is why because <laughs> he couldn't even he couldn't even finish the arc. You yeah, know what I that's mean? true. Like, that's true. That's true. Um, unfortunately, I mean, you know, some of the very best artists in this business are probably some of the most, you know, laborious workers, so to speak, <laughs> yeah. for, for lack of a better phrase. Um, well, I hope that like Common Coley's work is really solid. I mean, it, like, you know, it wasn't advertised that he was going to be on this. So I hope it's not, they've not handed him like a rush job. You know what I mean? Right. No. I think I, I, I have my my confidence is still high. I think I think it's I think it's going to be a good looking book. Um, you know, and and you know, just just to kind of build off your point in terms of like getting rid of the safe zone. I mean, you know, some of these new worlds have already been introduced, and some of these side titles. Like, what's what's the name of the place in Spider Woman? It's um, Loom World. Where, Loom World, and and we have, um, in we also had in Spider Woman this kind of new part of the multiverse where the inheritors can't go that that Silk found like yeah, the radiation zone. Yeah, so I mean, like you know, new new doorways are you know literally being open right now in this book, and 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 um, it should lead to some fun storytelling, I think. All I'm waiting for is the reveal, and you can, like, if this doesn't happen, I will be so surprised. But you can, you can, I, I think you can count on this: the reveal yeah. of Peter Parker in Loom World. Um, possibly he's Karn, but I think that there is a Peter Parker in Loom World who should have a very interesting role to play coming forward. Interesting. You know, the other, the other big rumor that I've been hearing about with this book that I is 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 the Master Weaver, some alternative version of Uncle Ben. That I've heard that too. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that might be like, like there's a reason that we're not seeing Karn's face, but I guess there's also a reason we're not seeing the Master Weaver's face. Yeah, um, we so, got we got some we got some reveals coming. I mean, yeah. Um, so what's your review? What's your what's your grade, Dan? I'm giving it a B plus. I you know, I think you could probably convince me to give this a higher grade, but like I really feel like the middle of this book and the and the and the loss of Peter halfway through it um, makes it. It's a great book, but it's not like you know the height of this series yet. So B plus for me. Um, I, I'm actually going to go a notch higher. I'm going to go A minus. I, I think this was probably Dan Slott's best comic this year. I wow. mean, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think I went higher on any other superior issues towards the end there. So, well, as it's uh, our, our last podcast, like, you know, formal podcast of the year, 
you mm-hmm. know, I, I think my favorite issue of the year might have been the fir- either the first Spider-Verse issue, but probably the, um, the, the Green Goblin, Hobgoblin fight issue that sees Peter, like, regaining his will to fight back against, against Otto. Um, yeah, yeah. If only they kind of paid that off better, but yeah. Alas. But in its in its time, that was my favorite. I thought I thought your favorite uh, issue would be a moment would be Peter on a cell phone, but we'll get to that in a moment. Oh come on! Now. <laughs> come on now. Uh, why don't we talk about comments and emails, Dan? Awesome. Um, of course, you can find Amazing Spider Talk on iTunes or on Stitcher. Um, and when you do that, just by searching on us uh, for Amazing Spider Talk or just Spider-Man. Uh, and when you do, uh, feel free to leave us a rating and to leave us a comment, uh, letting us know what you think about the show, uh, what you think about Dan or I, what you think about uh, Robbie Rodriguez's dog in the background uh, of the Spider-Gwen show that we did a few months ago. You know, whatever, any of that. You, you can uh, leave comments in those sections there. Or tell uh, us your favorite moment in Spider-Man this past year. Robbie Rodriguez's dog barking. <laughs> um, yeah, that might be it for me too, yeah. Um, we, we, we also have uh, – you can also email us at AmazingSpiderTalk at gmail.com and we will read and answer your uh, – question if you have one or just you know read your comments on the air um we didn't actually get any comments or emails this week dan so um it's the first time ever that that's happened so you know it's the holiday season and dan and i have been a little inconsistent with the recording so you know hopefully we can get back on the bandwagon uh you know so you know again feel free to write in at, at either of those places mark i would consider it a holiday gift from our fans if they sent us emails and comments Okay, but now we're going to get like 30 of them. And no, it's we'll, 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 par- we'll parse it out. We'll parse it out. Okay. Or, or we'll choose the best questions that, that get sent to us. I just, I just revealed how many listeners we have, all 30 of you. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone up 10%. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did want to say that we did receive some uh, submissions for the uh, new theme song. We mentioned that in our last episode that – uh, we'd love to get uh, your comments on theme song. Um, Dan and I like what we hear so far, um, but you know, before we make a decision, uh, you know, feel free to send us um, some more of your ideas. Uh, you know, and and um, or if you want ideas about what we're looking for, we're happy yeah. to tell you what ideas we have. Um, if you're an audio person out there, yeah, but uh, definitely, definitely some good stuff so far. So we like what we hear. So so keep it up. And again, if if we choose, if we like your song and we choose it for the show, we'll be sure to um, every episode that we use it, we'll give you a shout out to your work or your website, so that it's you know you're going to get some publicity out of this too. Absolutely, for all thirty of our listeners. No. Absolutely, <laughs> it's more than thirty. I promise you that. <laughs> Just a little bit, like twenty more than thirty. <laughs> I have exactly 11 minutes of a plan. Uh, <laughs> why don't we talk uh, in brief about the annual we got last week? I'm in the bumble, just the water across the hall. If you don't answer, 
So Dan, annual issues. You know I love them. Yes, I do. This is why. Because nothing says time and money well spent, like spending five bucks on a comic about a cell phone. (laughs) This is where you're expecting me to come in with some kind of uh, rejoinder. Oh, Mark, come on. No, come on. that way. <laughs> so what Mark is referring to is that I gave a positive review to this issue on my website, uh, much to his dislike. Um, and you know what? I'm going to stand by it. Like, okay, this this issue is only for the most extreme collector. And look – when you mentioned the five dollars, you know, I think I take it for granted that I spend this money on comics, and um, yeah, it's not worth the five dollars. <laughs> but, but I will say <laughs> that I had yes. a lot of joy reading the first story in this book, and it reminded me, like, oh, like these are my favorite kind of Peter Parker stories, where like they're very character oriented. And there was just something charming about it. Seeing him smile out his window as the police cars race by, I was like, oh, this – you know what? Maybe it wasn't even this issue. It just felt like a breath of air that I haven't gotten in a while. Yeah, I mean – now look, this was a harmless story. I understand that. And and the writer, Sean Ryan, he – you know, he he did nothing wrong here. He captured who Spider-Man was. It's just, you know – I mean, putting even aside the money, like I kind of feel like, you know, the the entire premise of this book, which for those who haven't read it is, you know, Spidey finds somebody's cell phone and he basically spends the entire story trying to find its original owners instead of doing the the, the Parker uh, industry homework that Sanjani had, had given him. <laughs> so, I mean, fun enough, but I, I, but I feel like this is kind of like a B story in itself. And this is the A story of this comic. You know what I mean? Like, this is something that like, it's a, to me, this is a four page concept that they expanded into kind of a semi full uh, comic book story. Like, I don't know if there's enough, enough content, um, to really justify the length of this thing beyond just a couple of pages or like, you know, this would have worked in the context if, you know, in like the amazing Spider-Man two movie, like, you know, like a little side sequence where, you know, Peter is, you know, trying to return a phone, I guess. I don't know. But then when you think like, you know, like not, not for nothing, it's, it's 2014 comics are expensive. Uh, every comic you know, I think we're kind of moving past the 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 old Stan Lee era of, you know, every comic is somebody's first comic. They just don't write them like that anymore. And not to be cynical, I mean, maybe they should, but they don't. So it's kind of like, you know, if you're going to make me pay a dollar more than I usually pay for a Spider-Man comic, I, I, I want something big. I want, you know, I thought this was going to be like the lost chapter of uh, Spider-Verse or, you know, maybe Uncle Ben's history uh, with uh, working at the steel mill or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How many other careers are we going to give him? I don't know. Or, or you know, that one time Uncle Ben went to a Met game and they won. And that's the story I want to read about. No, I, but the, you know what I mean? Like that, like this, 
this this is your, your classic inventory issue, or maybe not. I mean, maybe it wasn't. It's, you know, maybe it wasn't just sitting there. It's an evergreen. This could be released whenever, and and you know, it just. I expect more at this point. You know, the, the comic book industry has kind of raised its own game, and if you're going to take a step back to like the bygone era of you know when. Uh, you know, Stegron the dinosaur was a, a villain that could be introduced. Then, then you know, then then charge me thirty five cents for my comic too. Let me mount one last defense of this comic, and I'll, I'll get out right away. This is a very personal defense of this comic. So, okay. let me preface it with that. Okay. Last week, when this issue came out, I was in the midst of writing three final essays for my graduate degree. And like anybody getting a graduate degree, you're sitting down to write your essays, and what are you actually doing? You're surfing Facebook. You're looking for any excuse not to do that. Right. Uh, and uh, that's kind of what this comic is about. You know, she gives him this thing to read to do a report on the next day, so Johnny does. And what does he do? He immediately looks for any excuse not to do that. Like, literally, he's chasing around the city looking for an owner of a cell phone. Um, And I guess maybe I was reading this and I thought, that's me. Like, and that's (laughs) how I like to feel reading Spider-Man comics. And I think perhaps that might be the state of mind I was in that I enjoyed this so much. Not to mention the fact that, like, there are some really funny jokes in this comic can can we agree on that? The Hawkeye interaction is hysterical. Sure. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's um, talk about the other two parts of this because, like, I don't think you, you and I disagree so much on the cell phone thing because I think we can both agree it was genuinely enjoyable, not right. worth five dollars. But like, right, right, what right. about these backups, so to speak? Well, one of them is you know, Spider Man is not he's fighting a ragtag bunch of villains that isn't using, isn't quipping. And then it turns out he has laryngitis. So, you know, standard annual B story fair. Right. Wah, I mean, I, yeah. And then I, I couldn't make heads or tails of this and the, uh, amazing Spider-Man. <laughs> like, like what, I mean, it was like a, a pictorial little collage thingy for two pages. Right. I mean, can you, can you describe that better than that for me? Well, I mean, it, to me, it reminds me of like uh, like a like a two page thing from like a Mad magazine. Um, it's just kind of like this comical look at like Aunt May's role in Spider Man's life. It's kind of you know broad humor. I thought it was really cute and really enjoyable. Like, there's a lot of little details in there. She, at the very end, she gets Spider Man and all of his villains to sit down and like start like sewing together and uh venom is sewing a scarf that says die spider-man on it and uh i don't know i thought it was kind of like mad magazine level humor enjoyable and the art was poppy colors and yeah i mean you know for two pages i was fine with it (laughs) i'm not gonna like rush out and tell people oh the advanced complicated dramas of the um, Aunt May's role in Spider-Man's life uh, are are immaculately portrayed in this pictorial whatever. Anyway, <laughs> it was fine. 
Do you have a grade for this whole debacle, or do you, do you would you rather withhold? A plus, A plus, Mark. Uh, you're such a jackass. <laughs> Why do you have a grade for it? Yeah, I was like a D plus. D uh, is for Dan is a doofus plus. <laughs> All right, I'll give it like a C plus, a B minus. But if yeah. if like if I could pay a dollar or like a dollar fifty for that first story, I would happily do it. If I could get a free comic book day version of that story, I'd be very happy with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. We yeah. got better comics for free comic book day. Can I can I say that? <laughs> Did we? Yeah, I, I feel like. I remember the the the, the 2011 one, that, which was kind of like a prelude, you know, to him learning kung fu, and and then he he she, he was teaming up with Spider Woman to fight the the monkey creature. Oh no, that was great. That was that was great. I thought you meant this pastime because this pastime yeah. we got a two page death of 1609 Spider Man. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about this pastime. Yeah. But then, and then, you know, the, we we even got we got the introduction of Overdrive in a free comic book. Day oh yeah, that, the, the tease of Brand New Day. That was a classic issue. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying here. Like, if they, if they can give that stuff away for free, why do I got to pay five bucks for this? Yeah. No. <laughs> you're you're right. You're right, Mark. You're right. Again. All right. You're but right, you know what? Right. It, just, it just hit me. I was reading these papers or in the right writing these papers, and you know. Well, Dan, maybe you should just get a job. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, Mark. You're right. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's let's talk about some spider news, which kind sure. of actually ties in with what I hope to be my job in the future. So, you know, maybe I'll start putting these skills to the test in the next five minutes. There you go. All right, so um, the first big news that we got um, over the past couple of weeks is um, uh, the the great Jerry Conway, a friend of this podcast, has been on, what, twice now, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, is going to be scripting a, a miniseries. Uh, called Spiral, I believe, is what they're called. Is Amazing Spider-Man Spiral. Yep. Uh, that's going to be focusing on the the criminal underworld. And, and what, uh, what from what I'm gathering with what I've read about this series so far is that it's going to kind of run concurrently with Dan Slott's Spider-Man. Um, it's like a series of point one issues, kind of like what Learning to Crawl was um, earlier this year. Uh, or I should, yeah, or it would still be earlier this year. <laughs> I'm trying to think when this might be released. <laughs> this podcast, um, but it's it's so you know we're going to be focusing in kind of a gang war um, situation with with Hammerhead and Tombstone and Mister Negative. Um, you know, all kind of vying for the piece of New York's underworld now that the Kingpin has kind of been indisposed uh, after the Superior Spider-Man put him on the run, although. You know, I was also under the impression that that um, that original graphic novel kind of reintroduced the Kingpin, right? Or or was that not continuity? I, I always get confused. I don't know that he came back into New York in, in that time period. Gotcha. Okay. He's still well, kind of like vacationing. He's away from the city. Yeah. You know, like what all overweight 
crime lords do. Uh, <laughs> I was I was hoping that Shocker would be leading a gang here, you know, uh, as as pertains to his uh, um and the ending of Superior Foes with the head of Silvermane in tow. Yeah, <laughs> dressed yeah. up like a singer from Kiss. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Can we um, can we can we reflect that that moment exists in continuity? Hopefully. <laughs> well, we're, you're, you're going to hear about that. And some other ones when once the uh, we, we release our interview with uh, Nick Spencer and Steve Lieber uh, for Superior Foes. So there was yeah. some very good things in there. <laughs> Shh, Mark, that's a that's a secret thing. We haven't announced that yet. Okay, so scratch that. Just forget we said anything. We'll just edit it out. <laughs> I'm too lazy, Mark. I'm too lazy. It's staying in. Oh. <laughs> You're going to make me listen to this podcast to see if you left it in or not, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> just like you did uh, the last episode when, when we were when I talked about my old school. You're like, I'm going to leave that in. I'm like, no, you won't. Oh, we left it in. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, um, we're looking forward to hearing from Jerry, uh, and you know maybe maybe he'll want to talk about the, this uh, series a little bit. We'll have to see. Um, I did. I did when I asked him about it at New York Comic Con. He said, "I'm not allowed to talk about it." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so uh, well, I mean, it uh, will give Dan Slot a bit of a break for him to work on renew your vows, whatever that ends up being. Yes, renew your vows, please. I don't know. Um, the other big bit of news. Um, so there was uh, some kind of hack <laughs> going on in the world. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like the Spider-Man element is kind of small news at this point. But, <laughs> you know, considering that, you know, the terrorists have won and everything. And that we're not bowing to our new North Korean masters. Yeah, uh, Hollywood is. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, it, you know, for those who, you know, have not been watching the news or reading a newspaper or going to a blog post or anything. Uh, you know, Sony studios was, was hacked, um, by a terrorist group. And, you know, among many other things was a lot of information about the future of the Spider-Man film franchise. And, um, you know, I, I have to say after seeing some of these, it, it, it was just a lot of, I feel like roundabout information about, you know, getting Marvel back involved, Marvel not involved, rebooting it, keeping Andrew Garfield, getting rid of Andrew Garfield. You know, they're still kind of sticking to this, you know, we want a female movie, we want a Sinister Six movie, we want a Venom movie. Adult Spider-Man and Craven's Last Hunt is a movie. Yeah, yeah. The moral of the story is, I mean, I think if if we really want to see a, a soundly made, Spider-Man film in the future. I think Sony's got to get rid of this thing. Sony is just, I, I just, I, I mean, am I being reactionary here, Dan? I mean, it's just like I, I, this company just doesn't know what it's doing. Well, I mean, if this company exists in, in a couple of years, I mean, yeah. Sony was already having hard times and this whole situation, like, you know, it's a shame. Like I feel bad for them as much as I, you know, lament how they've handled Spider-Man like nobody deserves this kind of treatment and, no. and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see how it damages their reputation in Hollywood you know um, all these comments about you know 
all these other actors like Leo, Di- Leonardo DiCaprio, who has taken a year off um, this year. But anyway, like, is he going to want to work with them again, hearing that they're talking about him? Like, so it'll be interesting to see the, what happens to Sony in the future. But um, I think people are making a big deal about a lot of these things and getting their hopes up a little bit too much. Like, these kind of deals are going on all the time. And yeah. we just happened to see them this time. Um, and that's very true. It's, I mean, you know, we're, we're, you know, you talk a lot about how the sausage is made. I mean, we're, we're, we are actually seeing the sausage being made here, which we don't normally get to do when it comes to, to, uh, movies like this. And if anything is true about Sony Spider-Man movies, it's that like, I mean, well, just watching them, you almost get the sense of how the sausage is made because they feel like a series of producers had ideas and mixed all of these ideas together. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think that's a key part of it, though, Dan. I mean, it's, it's you know, yeah, I mean, there's, there's only, only so many grains of salt you can you, we should be taking these with, but at the same token, um, I think if Sony had, over the last couple of years, produced a satisfactory product when it came to Spider-Man movies, you know, like, you can, you can dismiss some of this, like, you know, throw stuff against the wall, see what sticks line of thinking that seems to be kind of pushing these, 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 this franchise right now. I mean, this is no other way to put it. I mean, they just seem to be so aimless and indecisive and, and, but the movies are reflecting that as is right now, you know, even without this information, the movies reflect that. So, yeah. And and in, in my interview with John Semper Jr., um, on the, the TV show, there was an interesting moment where he talked about, uh, working with Avi Arad and the decision to introduce the Hobgoblin before the Green Goblin. Um, and, you know, Avi has been working on with Spider-Man for decades, like at least 20 years. And right. I don't get the sense that he understands the character. And his discussion with John there almost like, you know, that was a 20-year-old conversation, but kind of revealing, you know, like it seems like the toy line is his key focus, which, you know, that's fine. You know, you got to make money, but I mean, this is the guy that threw Venom into Amazing Spider or into Spider-Man 3 um against Raimi's wishes, like you know, maybe it's time that he move on from this series as well. Um Right. But yeah. one thing I do want to correct because I've been hearing it all over the internet and Every time I see it, I just want to roll my eyes because people really get a sense that they are. They seem to think that they know how Hollywood works. And look, I, I am new to LA, and you know, and and I have a lot to learn about how studios conduct themselves and how these things are made. But there is this assumption that like this, like failure on Sony's part to like. You know, the, this leak and hack will somehow lead to Spider-Man going back to Marvel, and maybe it will. But they seem to think that, oh yeah, like there's people out there celebrating like what's been done to Sony, as it will end up leading to Spider-Man being in Marvel's Civil War movie. And I'll say that right now, like if you are hoping for a Civil War movie that looks like the Civil War comic, you are going to be really disappointed. Um, oh yeah, because one. That script is complete, or if it's not, it's nearly completed, and they are moving into pre-production on that movie, like, without Spider-Man and without the comfortable Civil War that you know from Marvel Comics. It just can't be the same thing. 
Um, no, and it won't be. At best, it'll be an Iron Man versus Captain America movie where Iron Man is suddenly compelled to rein in like what he's been doing since Iron Man 2 where he stood up to Congress. He will now be join ranks with them because he created Ultron or something like that. Like that's what's going to happen. Don't get your hopes up that Spider-Man is going to reveal his identity. That's the last thing Marvel would do is if they got right. a hold of Spider-Man and go – Oh, yeah, we'll have him reveal his identity in the first movie. Like, no. Um, anyway, I just wanted to dispel that rumor because it just kind of bothers me. Like, like great, yeah, I want to see Spider-Man return to Marvel, but, like, not at this expense. Like, that of all these people's jobs being affected in, in the way that they're being – I mean, this is terrorism, you know, cyber terrorism. Right. Um, and, and 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 putting aside the geopolitical ramifications, I mean, you know, something that like we've kind of it kind of gets like lost in the shuffle here is you know like you know you have these people celebrating this idea of Spider-Man going back to Marvel Studios, but like you know from what I've read, it just sounds like that the, you know, what Marvel has in line for Spider-Man for Civil War would have just been a glorified cameo. Yeah, absolutely. Like a post credits so him swinging around kind of thing. And it's just like. So, I mean, you know, like you said, this is not going to be your Civil War comic book um, adaptation to, you know, like to the letter by any stretch. And and it's like, you know, like, no, I mean, if if, if Marvel is going to if, – if Sony is going to relinquish the rights to Spider-Man back to Marvel, I want to see Marvel make a Spider-Man movie. I want to see Marvel make a, a franchise again and not, you know, like having, you know, having Spider-Man, you know, briefly appear in – a movie that's going to be more about Captain America and Iron Man is, is to me is not enough. You know, like that's 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 a waste. That's just as much as a waste as in you know inserting Venom in for the last thirty minutes of Spider Man Three. Yeah, you know I mean? so um, yeah, like even if you got it, you wouldn't want it. Like, trust us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so it, the, 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 the you know, like I said, to me, the the bigger concern, you know, in terms of what this leak. Um, exposed is just kind of this confirmation of this idea that Sony just doesn't know how to progress with this franchise right now, and 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 is really kind of you know punching at the wind right now. It's so, um, it's so strange, especially if you looked. There was a document released earlier about their financial projections and where they see a lot of their money coming from, and they projected like billions with a B of dollars coming in from the Spider-Man franchise in the future. And I mean, that is an optimistic, <laughs> that is an incredibly yeah. optimistic company. Yeah. I mean, if, if that sequel only got, I mean, it still made, I say only, but you know, 700 million, but considering, you know, the budget and the marketing budget and everything, I mean, like, you know, that is not a good return on investment. And, and, you know, I don't think, a Sinister Six movie is going to put them over the top, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> or, or an Aunt May movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that came from Latino Review. Let's let's uh, let's take that with a grain of salt. Aunt May, Herald of Galactus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, no, Galactus is uh, Fox. So, <laughs> oh darn, that amazing storyline just slipping <laughs> through our fingers. <laughs> One day. Um, in other earth-shattering news that's going to bound to change the industry forever, Jessica Drew's Spider-Woman is getting a new costume. 
I mean, <laughs> I mean, based on the headlines we got earlier this year when that Spider Woman alternate cover was released, you know, yeah, this could change the face of the internet. I, I, I mean, from what I saw, and I'm assuming Dan, you're going to put a little image of it in the in the iPod right iPad right here. Yeah, I could do I could do that for you, Mark. Yeah, whip. Uh, <laughs> see, I just made the sound effect for you. Okay. No, I I, 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 I like what I've seen so far. I mean, I and I kind of yeah. Nicola was talking about how you know the you know, the, the days of the yellow and red leather have kind of come to an end, and I, I I agree. I mean, you know, like as much as I'm enjoying the 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 new Spider Woman series and 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 Dennis Hopeless's uh, script. Yeah, there's just something about the way that Greg Land illustrates her, where I'm just like, that's just ever so slightly uncomfortable for me. So, um, you know, the accentuation of the curves in every which way. So, you know, it'd be nice to see something in a more, you know, a costume with actual utility and not not something to, you know, get. I'm not even going to finish that thought. (laughs) A costume with more utility. Even issue two's cover, which I thought was like, Fairly harmless of her kind of like crouched uh, at the yeah, bottom of the frame. But... <laughs> yeah, right. My my girlfriend came in and was like, "That is a terrible cover." Like, and I'm like, "Yeah, you're probably right." Yeah. Even more interesting about uh, about this reveal of the new costume is that players who uh, turned on their Spider-Man Unlimited game saw a new event today um, that. Uh, showcased the new costume for Spider Woman as an attainable, like you know, goal in the game, and I hadn't even seen the news release yet, so I just saw Spider Woman with this weird costume, and I was like, "What is going on?" And then I looked online and saw that she had a new costume, and so they like were able to sync this up with the creators of the game and uh, you know the 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 artists. Uh, on the on the comic, and I thought that was really cool, like this moment of like media synchroni- synchronization. So, uh, Mark, you got to play some Spider Man Unlimited. Yeah, I know, I know. No, don't actually. Play- if you can stay away, do it because it's addictive. <laughs> okay, if you say so. I'm, I'm, I'm like I, I think I said earlier. I'm currently addicted to Marvel Puzzle Quest, which I know has been around longer than. Um, Spider-Man Unlimited, but I don't know. I just find it to be a lot of fun. Well, good. I don't need to get into that either. So <laughs> hopefully we can both break our addictions at some point. Um, <laughs> but in the meanwhile, it. let's talk about donations. Stand a little straighter, walk a little prouder, be an innovator, laugh a little louder, joke around the crater, we can show you how to Okay, now 
is the time of the show where we talk about uh, the friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club, which is uh, basically how how this show continues to to put out the amount of content that we are currently doing. Uh, you know, with the, the Spider Talk is, is as much of a labor of love as it is. It's not free to do. Uh, so we rely on uh, donations from our listeners to kind of you know keep keep the show alive and going strong and getting creator interviews and talking about new comics. Um, but of course, you know we don't just take your money and give you nothing in return for it, right, Dan? Yeah, no, of course. You know, every time we do a show, we do giveaways of comics, and I have a bunch to give away today. So all you members out there, check your emails. And um, you know, a couple times a year, Mark and I do member request episodes like the one we recorded a couple months ago where if you're a member of the club, you get to tell us what you'd like to hear reviewed on the show. So if that sounds appealing to you and if you like the show, please, you know, it's Christmas time. Find some room in your heart to reach out to you know, us and, and give us some of your hard-earned money. So if you'd like to become a member of the Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club and support the show, please go to both of our sites and click on the giant button on each of them that reads Friendly Neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club. So uh, Dan and I are going to be continuing with our retro review of um, the opening arc from J. Michael Straczynski and John Romita Jr., the Eisner Award-winning arc, Coming Home. Uh, and now this time around we're hitting up Amazing Spider-Man number 32, uh, third part of the arc. Um, and, you know, as, as much as this is kind of like your token middle issue of a major uh, storyline, like there, there are some things about this that, I mean – that almost for me make this the most memorable part of this arc. Uh, mainly um, some of the stuff with uh, Peter and Ezekiel uh, in this comic, but um, you know, let's just kind of start with uh, again, you know, we've talked about this the last two episodes, just, just how much on a roll Straczynski is with these issues. I mean, that opening sequence with, with, uh, Peter, who's now teaching science at, at his old high school and talking about, um, you know, how, how math is everywhere. Um, I mean, it's, just, it's really a beautifully written segment, right? Yeah, Mark, this is a really wonderfully written sequence. And, you know, everybody can like – or I hope everybody has had a moment in their education like this where the, a teacher just says something that's very profound and makes you appreciate what you're learning – in that kind of way. And, you know, I love that, you know, it acknowledge, you know, it's not this cheesy moment where everybody, every student is like, oh, yeah, science. Like JMS acknowledges that maybe one or two kids might be affected by Peter and his soliloquy. And I, I love all the dialogue of the students leaving the classroom. Like even it's, it's not like totally optimistic. Like there's the kid that says like, oh, let's get high, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and uh, it's that real world kind of um, uh, 
environment that's it reminds me a lot of like early Bendis Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, yes. Yeah, and something that I've actually really missed from Ultimate Spider-Man as of recently because I feel like Miles has been kind of just been getting put through the ringer and we don't know what Miles' life is like. Um, here, like this is a really wonderful slice of life moment. Yeah, I mean it's a slice of life and obviously it, it parallels what's to come between Peter and Ezekiel later in the comic too, which is kind of fun in terms of, um, like you said, that kind of profound uh, game-changing thing and whether or not Peter will be receptive to it or not. Um, but, or you know, even, I, I, even just the idea that like art and math and science are all one and the same thing, the same way that the totem and the radioactivity is kind of, you know, they're like laced together. Yeah. Um, but there was also a really cool um, kind of car chase uh, scene to open up this comic too, right? Yeah, it's it's kind of like uh, it provides an interesting look at like Spider Man because he's really funny in it. Like, but people are terrified of him, and he is genuinely terrifying. The scene in the alley where he's stringing the guy up, like imagine getting picked up by a guy and then thrown into his web. Um, you know, uh, we're used to Spider Man, but like this kind of gives yeah. you the the like why people think he's such a terror. Uh, yeah, image. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it that whole that whole scene is is just so very cinematic in terms of its structure. I feel you know what I mean. Like, it, and, yeah, I mean that's and that's you know the Straczynski, the, the the TV writer. I feel kind of coming through there. You yeah, know, in terms you mean of like with the door getting torn off and everything. Yeah, the door being torn off and how he kind of just like appears in the car. The guys react. You know, there's there's very big reactions. Um. In terms of, um, you know, the, the criminal, you know, and then just kind of like that final reveal, like you said, of him just strung up in the alleyway. I mean, it, it is very off-putting, too. It's not it's not all bright and cheery. With the big loser words? Yeah. <laughs> um, just, just, I mean, again, the... the these comics were just were just so good on so many different levels that it's just like, you know, we, we you, you look at a scene like that and, and you almost start to take them for granted during this run because of just, you know, just how pitch perfect they all were. Yeah. So let's get to the um, to the scene that is perhaps the, the big moment of this issue where Ezekiel and Peter – well, Ezekiel shows up at Peter's school and gives them $100,000 like it's nothing. Yeah, which you know, and then that made me even think. Oh yeah, he probably could have done more than a hundred thousand, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's this recurring joke uh, throughout the issue where he keeps like tipping people yeah, insane amount of money, and they yeah. just, their reaction is priceless. Yeah. Um, um, yes, um, but but, but the, 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 yeah, basically, you know, after. Ezekiel dropped the was it the, the the five million dollar question on Peter in the last issue. This time around, he kind of elaborates a bit and starts talking about the source of his powers and and this whole idea of the totems, and and um, there's this one specific double page spread that I, I I really liked where it kind of talked. I mean, essentially, Straczynski's just breaking down you know, a trope of the comic book world. It's not even just a Spider-Man thing. This idea of like how, you know, heroes and villains are kind of like, you know, both, you know, both sides of the coin, you know, like Captain America, you know, the Patriot has, 
characters who think they're patriots that are his villains, like the skull and Baron Zemo. And, and, you know, you know, Charles Xavier has Magneto and, 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 you know, in terms of Spider-Man, it's, you know, he, there were these other animalistic characters, but, you know, Ezekiel refers to them as kind of being pretenders, uh, as totems. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it's just such an interesting way to kind of spin, Again, something I think we kind of take for granted in comics in terms of the relationships and how the, you know, is it always, you know, I mean, in, in truth, these, these relationships happen because the creator made these relationships happen. But it kind of gives this quite a more mystical, larger, predestined feel to it that, that you know, I think kind of like, you know, for me, when I read that for the first time, I felt like I was like one of those two kids in Peter's classroom kind of like nodding and be like, aha, yeah, that's, it's, you know, I never thought about that way. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just overreading it. Well, I mean, it's taking something that's always been there and giving it like a reason that makes like sense or like you, maybe you'd sensed was always there and is now first being told to you. And yeah, yeah, it's a good, it's a good way of putting it that you're like those kids in that classroom. And it, it gets me thinking even like broader about outside of, um, like you know why do like why are we interested in superheroes like why are we interested in these kind of like animal overpowered like animal man hybrids or these like overpowered characters like why do we enjoy reading about them and in a way I, like you know I, they've often been compared to like our modern like egyptian gods or whatever and i think there's something right. to that and this issue definitely like plays on that it shows like anubis is a half you know like like hawk half man you know uh so like it's not even just in the world of the comics i think it's playing on readers and uh and their own like interests being uh, in in superhero comics being something that has you know been passed down um you know none of us are confused thinking like oh yeah like spider-man exists and he's a god but you know there's part of our dna that that has that kind of um, I mean, heck, Mark, you and I are talking about Spider-Man in such intimate ways and for such a great deal of time. Like, there is a certain element of us, like, treating him as a godlike character. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've actually really have long maintained that um, that idea in terms of, you know, like, you know, the the, the Greeks had Zeus and, and, and Hermes and, you know, like you said, the Egyptians had their gods. And I, I feel like... You know, and this is not to knock anybody's organized religion or anything, but I think that, you know, a lot of people in our society, they have superheroes as kind of their godlike figures. And, and I know. guess we've been smart enough to separate religion from it. Yeah. Yeah. Although our, mean, you could say our religion is capitalism now, especially <laughs> with that $5 annual mark. There you go. <laughs> you mock, but. <laughs> there you go. Um, no, just I, I um, this is a great sequence, beautiful sequence, beautifully drawn by Ramita. Um, yeah, and then Ezekiel goes ahead and what does he say about the pizza that is the mozzarella? Yeah, yeah, they're eating pizza. I'm wondering, are they eating pizza in the same restaurant that Moreland was in the last issue? You know, it makes sense <laughs> for dramatic, like, yeah, for purposes. a little bit of symmetry, yeah, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah, no, and Peter's like, no, you idiot, it's in the water. And any good New Yorker knows that it's in the water. Yep, yep. 
Just, just, yep. <laughs> That's why the bagels are so good. Yeah. Oh, the bagels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I could get an Essa bagel right now, I think I'd pay 50 bucks for an Essa bagel. Yeah, I, 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 uh, uh, I would ship one to you, but it wouldn't be the same. No, it wouldn't. Well, no. That'll well, be my well. reason for coming and visiting you next time, Mark. Not, not anything because because of you, but the Essa yeah. bagel for bagels. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, what else do we want to pick apart in this issue, Dan? Well, I mean, there is a slight reveal here of what will eventually be revealed about Ezekiel, and I don't know that I really want to ruin it for those who haven't read that story yet. But like, we see Ezekiel on some kind of like sacrificial spider-related um, altar. Um, referring to how he got his powers. And uh, if you haven't read that story, I would encourage you to check that one out. You know, it's a few arcs past this one. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just like the treatment of that too because it's kind of like, it, again, it's very cinematic. It's like you, you, you see the visual, this very jarring visual, and then it's like the dialogue is just like, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in about 20 issues when, yeah, when, yeah. The, I when mean, she was you on know, her foot. And the confidence of Straczynski to like be able to put a pin in something like that, knowing that he'll come back to it, you know, like it's that's 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 a that's a confident writer. Like yeah. that's that's actually hard to do, mm-hmm. and he did it, you know, like. Reading through uh, this now, I, I did notice Ezekiel used the word inheritors. Um, yeah, to describe Moreland, right? Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. Um, so I'm yeah. guessing that's where Slot got that from. And, um, of course, we see Moreland get his costume here, which, you know, was not something that he just showed up in with, in Renaissance wear. Um, <laughs> Yes, uh, he does. Your favorite, his, your favorite part. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not hearing me talk, it's because I'm like gr- seething in anger. Yeah. <laughs> I might, I might be overselling this, but. <laughs> uh, and he asks if it makes his butt looks fat here, which I actually, I, I don't know. I kind of feel that that was a little too silly of a line from Straczynski. It does undercut his villain a bit, and most yeah. of his jokes in this are totally like spot on. But yeah, that one is a little strange. Yeah, like I, 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 I was just rereading that issue again today, and I was like, "Oh yeah, why did he make that joke here? Like that's just yeah, you know, this doesn't fit." Especially when when you get like the Moreland reveal at the end, which is you know, as we were talking about earlier in this episode, was like to me like that's kind of like I feel like Moreland's confrontation there is one of the most terrifying moments in Spider-Man history, and I would even say rank that final page as being one of the best cliffhangers in Spider-Man history. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you, and uh, like I think that's the image that sells Moreland as a villain. Like I yeah. don't think people would remember him too much, like if it wasn't for that image. I mean, I I, I mean, when I think of Moreland, I always think of that image, and then I think of you know a moment we're going to get to in a full a few issues, which I bet you can guess what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm sure I can. Um, so um. What else do we want to say here? Muzak version of Helter Skelter. Yeah. So, like, they get in the elevator. Finally. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, wait, you've got a a Muzak version of Helter Skelter playing in your uh, elevator? And he's like, yeah, it keeps my staff on edge, (laughs) which is hysterical. Um, I I would like to talk a little bit about kind of, you know, the, the spin on Peter's philosophy. Um. 
and, and Ezekiel's kind of dismissal of it, you know, like there's, you know, and this is, again, this is kind of what I feel distinguishes Peter, um, from other, other totems, so to speak, you know what I mean? Like this idea that, you know, like, I mean, Peter, it's with great power, there must also come great responsibility. And, 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 and then, you know, Ezekiel kind of cheekily asks him, well, you know, responsibility and then what? And it's like, well, no responsibility is it, you know, that's, that's the end of the sentence, you know, and, and, and this, that kind of this, that differentiation, you know, Ezekiel says, well, why don't you use your money, your, your power, your powers to make money. And you kind of, again, get that flashback, cinematic style flashback to uncle Ben, uh, and Peter kind of being like, it's a long story. It, it's, you know, that, that personal connection, it, you know, it's, these are, these are not just powers that, that Peter had bestowed upon him and, you know, he made good in his life because of it. I mean, there's a, there's a real personal tragedy to Peter that, that distinguishes him from other characters. And, and I just kind of like that, that juxtaposition, this issue. And you see like reflected right away, Ezekiel's response to like what his responsibility is, and it's to provide Peter a um, uh, like a shelter to hide himself from Moreland. Yeah, which is you know we would see that echoed again with the reveal of uh, Cindy Moon. Yeah, yes, with uh, with videotapes of Spider-Man fighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, this just just. Great stuff all around. Um, and then Moreland punches Peter through a car. Yes. Harder than he's ever been punched before. Yeah. Which says a lot. Yeah. Great, um, great issue. Uh, yeah. I love this issue. I, I mean, I love, like you said, the, the next two issues we're probably going to be talking more about the, the chaos before we get to the really epic finale. Um, but, I mean, probably this and the final issue are my two favorite parts of this whole storyline. So, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. I think it's time for us to go. Of course, you can find all of our new Amazing Spider Talk and old Superior Spider Talk podcasts at superiorspidertalk.com or find us on iTunes and Stitcher by searching Amazing Spider Talk. And if you do, please make sure you leave us a rating and a comment to let us know how we're doing and we'll read it on the air. And if you have any opinions on these comics we've discussed today or the leaks or any of that stuff, of course, you can email them to us at AmazingSpireTalk at gmail.com, and again, we'll address and read them on the air. Yep, and uh, also check both of our Facebook pages at Facebook.com slash SuperiorSpireTalk and Facebook.com slash ChasingAmazing. Uh, both of these these pages are where Dan and I post new articles. We post news, uh, news art, uh, new articles and news articles. I, I, I guess I'm... <laughs> <laughs> mixing up my vernacular here, um, and just in general, it's a great place to keep up and to, uh, keep up with us in between shows. So um, please follow us on Facebook, like us, and do all that fun stuff. Um, and uh, also, as we said earlier on the show, don't forget to support our friendly neighborhood Spider Talk Members Club, uh, which you know, with your donations, helps keep the show going strong. So, uh, speaking of uh, all the things that we're doing, Mark, uh, what's going on on your site this week? Uh, well, this week we're 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 still uh, in the midst of 
Reader Request Month uh, 2014. Uh, we, we've, we, we've gone through a couple of, of these so far, including uh, an, an old Ultimate Spider-Man issue that I uh, talked about, right? The Ultimate Spider-Man 13, the, the, the big reveal to Mary Jane issue. Yeah, perhaps um, the best issue of that series. Yeah, probably. I was very thrilled that someone recommended that one. So you see, that's... that's you, know, you 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 make a recommendation, and I might just take you up on it. We, I mean, we've also talked about Amazing Spider-Man number one fifty-three, uh, which is a personal favorite of mine from the Bronze Age. And I got a few more surprises uh, coming up over the next week or two, and we'll we'll be doing that through the end of December uh, until I decide to do something new in January, which I, I am not yet revealing what that's going to be. Awesome. What, what, well, I'm looking forward to it. And what about you, Dan? What do you got going on? Well, we've got all the reviews from this week's comics coming up real soon. Uh, we have a new comic by Ray Sumzer uh, of our own and um, a bunch of new features to check out. So um, check us out. We're, for the end of the year, since this is our last real podcast before the end of the year, we're going to be doing a um, uh, all of my team and, and you too, Mark um, – we're going to be saying what our favorite Spider-Man moment from 2014 is. So, uh, you know, check out the site on New Year's Eve, and uh, and you'll definitely be treated to the the wonderful uh, this wonderful recollection of 2014 from my team and myself and Mark. Sounds good, Dan. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to figuring out what my favorite moment was. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where can we find you on the internet, Dan? Of course, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at, at @supspidertalk, and uh, and you can go to my site, superiorspidertalk.com. How about you, Mark? Uh, well, uh, the home base, www.chasingamazingblog.com. You can find me on Twitter at chasingasmblog, and you can find some of my writing at comicbook.com. Well, Dan, we've, we've come to the end of another episode, and, you know... Uh, even if Ezekiel disagrees or, or thinks that there should be more to it, you know, I want to say true to the fact that with uh, great podcasts, there must also come amazing spider talk. 